And now, and now, from Greater Santon and beyond, get ready for the Santon Times Hour with your host, Alexander. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between and beyond, this is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and also available on all good podcast platforms. I'm Alexander Leipner, and this is edition 123, 123. It's week 28 of 2023. It's the middle of July, and I'm excited to be with you once more. If you'd like to send through any questions, comments, feedback, thoughts, inputs, you can do so. You can email editor at santantimes.ca.za or visit social media at santantimes or the website www.santantimes.ca.za. And if you're listening live on Mix 93.8 and uh, not on the podcast, well, you can use the WhatsApp line. It's open. And uh, I'm happy to receive your texts, 084-822-0938, A special welcome to everyone listening in Johannesburg and Pretoria, across Gauteng and South Africa, or wherever else you are in the world, online or right here on air. I'm happy to report that all is well in Santanland. And I'm joined uh, once more by my man behind the mixing desk, Vincenzo. And before we do anything else, Vincenzo, um, remember we said right in the beginning when we started this whole thing, we're never going to have any problems or any technical glitches on this show. And you know what? It'll probably snow the day something happens. And guess what? It snowed. Last Monday. I think we jinxed it. Anyway, let's leave it at that. But uh, I do have some fair punishment for you, Vincenzo. And uh, I'm going to put you through that in just a minute. But uh, on some on the good news front, there's some good news. The show has been added to Afripods and Amazon Music. So uh, to all those picking up the Saturn Times Hour there, welcome to you. And I think we uh, must now be one of the best distributed shows in the country. So it's on uh, another two massive platforms. And uh, I'm uh, really proud and very excited about that. Coming up on this week's show, I've checked in with him before. Last time we were at 35,000 feet, but he's back to chat about some of the latest developments and trends in domestic travel. Then tourism numbers are picking up, but not in the way you may think. And Santon still seems to be lagging behind. I'm going to share some more on that. After that, it's time to put your creative hat or beret on as we take a look at one of the biggest Decor Expo is coming to Santon. Stay tuned. And finally, he took home a major title in bartending this week. And I chat to him about being named the best mixologist in South Africa. This and more coming up shortly. But first, Vincenzo. I know how much you cannot handle this song. So it's a fitting two and a half minute punishment. And you can press the button on this one. Show some love. Subscribe. Share. Leave a review and rating for the Santon Times Hour. On your favorite podcast app now. The latest news. The biggest names. The best destinations. The hottest entertainment. This is the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 with Aqua and Barbie Girl. The Tiesto remix. Two and a half minutes of our life we will never get back. Punishment issued, technical glitches forgotten. And a reminder that Barbie the movie with Margot Robbie hits cinemas this Friday, 21st of July, 2023, much to the delight of many. Are you going to go watch? Are you part of the pink wave that's going to hit South Africa? I'd love to know. Drop me a line. 
Okay, it's time for some headlines for this week. Well, roadworks are underway on William Nickel Drive, heading into the heart of Santon as the road suffered a state of severe deterioration. But severe. I don't know if you've seen this thing. It started off as a small hole. Then it became a massive hole. I mean, you could hardly miss it. And I think they put like a small traffic cone into it, which then just disappeared in that hole. And then they set up this massive barricade, which in its own right, then ended up taking up half the road. But anyway, now the Johannesburg Road Agency has commenced with extensive road repairs, which are scheduled to be done by the 19th of July. Let's see. Motorists are urged to exercise caution and remain vigilant when approaching the intersection or, of course, find alternative routes, which will probably be the best thing. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in quite a bit of traffic. Well, higher stages of load shedding are back, and uh, we were doing so well, weren't we? I don't even know what we're on now. I don't even know if you're even hearing this show because of load shedding. Who knows? I mean, for a while, we were on stage one, stage two. I mean, it almost felt like normal. It it felt manageable. But as the temperatures dropped, there we were again, back to the higher stages. And uh, I actually went to two gas refilling spots in uh, Santon the other day. And they told me they had about 500 customers in a day per store. 500. Needless to say, I didn't get any gas. So I had to drive around a little bit more and find someone who could actually sell me some gas. We actually need to get someone on to chat about these inverters and these backup power uh, supplies. It looks like we're not getting out of the swamp anytime soon. And I think there's a lot of questions in terms of, you know, if you don't want to go like the full hog, I mean, if you don't want to sort of become your own power station, what other options are there? I'm sure we're all asking those questions. Then, did you make it through the Rand water shutdown? I think I had about a day or so without water. And uh, talking about being without power, now being without water and having to manage without water, I think that's a whole different story. Uh, I think with power, we've managed to, you know, you can get a candle, you can get a gas heater, you can make a plan of some sort, as elementary as it is, but no water. I mean, you brush your teeth with, what, with Volpre? I don't know. It, it's, it really is a problem. I mean, at least we could kind of prepare for this a little bit because we knew about it, but can you imagine this becomes a, a bigger thing at some point, uh, managing without water, not an easy task and uh, a nightmare, especially with bathrooms and showering and all that stuff. So if you've got some good uh, water management tips, some ways that you got through the shutdown, might be worth uh, sharing with everyone. I'd be keen to hear from you. Drop me a line. Let's park it there for this week. We're into the second half of the year and many are starting to dream of warmer days and maybe even looking at some end of the year travel plans. I chat to the CEO of Lyft Airlines for a business update and an update on the industry. Jonathan Nayash joins me right after the break. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. Get up, show up, and level up. Make the move and join Virgin Active. You'll score a gym bag July free, plus activate a world of rewards. Discovery Vitality members get even more. Get started. Call 0860, get fit, or visit your nearest club. Bag big rewards. Virginactive.co.za. T's and C's apply. The best of talk and music in one hour. This is the Santon Times Hour. 
This is the Santa Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and also available on all good podcast platforms. And as we get uh, the ball rolling this week, I'm thrilled to be joined by uh, a person that I've had many conversations with, including one of my highest interviews on the show. We had it at 35,000 feet as we made our way from Johannesburg to Durban for that inaugural flight uh, way back when. It feels like uh, such a long time ago, but uh, it was only, I think, just the other day. But he is Jonathan Ayash. He's the Chief Executive Officer of Lyft Airline. And uh, Jonathan, it's great to catch up with you again. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me on the show again. Jonathan, tell me, what is it like in the airline industry right now? Does it feel like things are back to some sort of normality? I know end of last year we were talking about getting more aircraft in. There weren't enough seats. People were complaining about uh, ticket prices being through the roof. Are are we getting back to some sort of uh, predictable uh, future? Yeah, I think things have definitely stabilized. The end, uh, it was in June last year um, where where there was that shift in, in supply and demand after Comair exited the market. And over the last 12 months, I mean, it's hard to believe we're in we're in July already of, of the following year. It's definitely stabilized. Uh, seat capacity is back to what it was before. And unfortunately, we haven't seen demand follow in the same way. I think partly it, it's because of the some of the macroeconomic factors that we, we're facing in South Africa, load shedding, higher inflation, people aren't moving around as much. They don't have as much disposable income. But I think we are we are very optimistic about the second half of the year, which is typically stronger from a seasonal point of view. Well, let's chat about that because I'd be quite interested to hear from you what your predictions are as we go into the, the warmer months. And obviously, it also becomes a very popular season for internationals to come to places like Cape Town, like uh, Johannesburg. They also start making use of, of domestic airlines. What, what, is, what is your outlook for the December slash holiday season? Well, similar to what happened last year, in the second half of the year, we do see a bump up in terms of recovery to what we call pre-COVID levels. So we, when we compare to 2019, that's kind of a benchmark that we're trying to get back to and then grow beyond there. Last year, with tourists coming back, we definitely see a bump, um, which is fantastic. It's lovely to have people in our cities again, and that feeling that buzz on the ground um, is fantastic. So we're optimistic about that. And then hopefully seeing um, South Africans traveling a, a bit more as well and moving around the country. So I think from our point of view, we, we increased our fleet to six aircraft at the end of last year. We're looking at, at how we grow that uh, during the course of the second half of this year and, and just fleshing out the, the routes that we launched between Johannesburg and, and Durban and Cape Town and Durban. Look, I have to tell you, I was actually on one of the aircraft uh, actually fairly recently, and I think it must have been one of the newer ones because I didn't recognize the seats. They looked a little bit different. Uh, They've got like a very sort of uh, leathery uh, premium feel. But uh, (laughs) the other thing that totally blew me away was how quiet the aircraft was. It was quieter than your normal flight, and I was actually quite amazed. So I was like convinced this must be one of the new ones. There have been a few new aircraft joining the fleet. And I think what you referenced was something we're very proud of is we're doing a whole revamp of our premium class, which is our our version of business class. Um, And the new seats are really, really beautiful and spacious and comfortable. And not just that, we we recently reviewed our whole premium menu and partnered with Sean Godfrey, who won MasterChef in South Africa. And he's come in and helped us rethink the menu. So when you're on board, not only are you comfortable, but you're tasting uh, you're tasting master chef cuisine um, at thirty thousand feet. 
And it is. I mean, I've, I've done the premium uh, flight, uh, I think, uh, sometime last year. And it is quite a, a, a feasty experience because you've got all the drinks, you've got all the different foods and snacks. I mean, you almost don't need any time in the lounge. I mean, you can skip the lounge before you even get on the flight <laughs> because you'll be more than well looked after on, on the actual uh, premium seat. But Jonathan, I mean, you've now introduced this as an element. I mean, there's so many other elements that you've introduced. I know you also did a, something with Feltskun. Uh, you've also been doing a whole bunch of other promotions and things. How many of these marketing and, and promotion ideas can you in, introduce? Because at the end of the day, uh, people want to get from A to B. They want to have a, a cost-effective flight. They want to have a safe flight. They want to have an on-time flight, which is another sort of thing that people always look at. Where to from there? How much more do you have in, a, in your box to be able to make Lyft more attractive to, to more people? We don't, I don't think we need to compromise on, on any of that stuff when, the, when we find the right partnership. And so I think those partnerships really add value to, to us, to our partner and to customers. That's kind of the, the triangle that we look at. MasterChef was a perfect example of that. Everyone benefits. Feltskun, we love, we love the Feltskun team. I think it's one of those, one of the ones we've been chatting about for a while. Our crew are, our crew are all kitted out. Our ground team is all kitted out in Feltskun. And the reason we, we like it is one, the Feltskun team have a very similar ethos to what we do at Lyft. It's the, the shoes are made from sustainable materials and they're produced locally. So it's we're so by by supporting them, we're supporting local business, which is something we're very passionate about. So we will continue to look at um, at doing these kinds of partnerships um, without compromising um, any of the on time or any of the the other um, we call it like the hygiene that people expect from from the airline. Yeah, absolutely. That's sort of the basic things that you need to get right and then plug in the rest. And I, and I think it also adds uh, quite a South African experience to it by having these sort of additional elements, uh, which uh, probably the internationals probably quite enjoy as well, because uh, that just makes it unique and different. Jonathan, uh, in terms of uh, expansion plans, I mean, is it too early to start chatting about potential new routes? Uh, you know, where, where to from here now that you've got South Africa pretty well covered? For the rest of this year, we're going to be focusing domestically and and reviewing our the fleet growth and the the number of flights that we have on each of our routes already. I think that will that will increase. And then as our as the number of flights increase, then our our flexibility, um, our complete flexibility really ratchets up. Imagine if you arrive early, you can jump on a flight. If something changes, you can change, and there's always a flight that you can move to. So I think. As our uh, as our flights grow, that really becomes a, a compelling value proposition. And then I think as we look to next year, we will look at some of the regional routes um, uh, across um, across the continent. Uh, no plans yet to fly actually like internationally to uh, intercontinental, but um, but certainly regionally. Yeah, I think it might be a bit soon to start moving to Europe or to the US or, or any of those places. I mean, right. I think that, that's that's biting up a lot. But I mean, <laughs> we have some tremendous destinations within Africa that a lot of people want to see. Yeah. I think there's some great route opportunities that are, are definitely worth exploring. Absolutely. I think, you know, one, one of the things you realize when you look at the number of flights in other continents is how underserved Africa actually is. Uh, our continent is absolutely enormous. And an interesting statistic I heard uh, a couple months ago was Ryanair in Europe moved more people than moved in the whole of Africa with all the airlines. It just gives you a bit of a bit of context on how 
underserved our continent actually is. And you can feel it as a, as a, as a passenger, as a consumer. If you want to fly anywhere in Africa, it's, you, it takes almost 24 hours. It's very expensive, and that shouldn't be the case. I think we, we're very optimistic about the opportunity in Africa and, and see, see South Africa as that, that base of operation. Well, certainly very exciting and uh, true words there. I mean, as I say, you, if you want to travel anywhere in the continent, uh, you're down to one or two choices and you have to take it or leave it. And uh, some experiences are not as great as others. And yeah, d- I think that's a, a great outlook to have. And uh, Jonathan Ayash, Chief Executive Officer of Lyft Airlines, I thank you for making the time to be on the Santon Times Hour. It's the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a quick musical break and more of the Santon Times Hour right after this. More? The Santon Times Hour continues. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 with uh, Peggy Yu, and it goes like na na na. A track that is blowing up all around the world, if you haven't heard it yet. And yeah, I can't explain. I got a feeling that I just, well, moving along. Uh, this is the second half of the Santon Times Hour. My name is Alexander Leipner, and if you listen to the show regularly or you don't, well, at this point, I tell you how this works. Uh, if you listen to the show and uh, you miss something, there was some interesting details or a phone number or an email address or a website that you didn't get, well, we're going to put all that information up on the show notes on the website. You go into santontimes.co.za and uh, you click on the show notes for this week and it's all there. And you don't have to try and Jot it down as you make your way through this hour. Also, be sure to check out our social media accounts at Santon Times, uh, now on threads as well. And uh, you can feel free to engage there and uh, send through a message, uh, a text, a DM, a voice note, whatever works for you. And you can also use the hashtag Santon Times Hour. Well, we always chat about tourism on the show. We chat about this a lot because I enjoy travel, I enjoy tourism, and I think it's such an important contributor to our GDP. And recently I was uh, doing a bit of reading and uh, there was a big conversation around recovery in Santon. And I was chatting to one of the GMs of one of the big hotel groups and he was saying, yeah, there's recovery. More on the five-star side, uh, maybe even four-star, but the sort of more three-star hotels are still struggling to get back on their feet. And I thought, well, it's a good opportunity to chat about uh, this as we go into the spring and summer months in a couple of weeks time and uh, that's generally the time when we start traveling again and to chat about this and so much more is Leanne Back. she's the director of advisory services at BDO and Leanne it's good to have you on the Santon Times Hour. Thank you thanks for having me. Well Leanne how the number of visitors to South Africa uh, in the first four months looking compared to the previous years? Actually very good we're ahead of some the best year we ever had was actually 2018, not 2019, as you would think immediately pre-pandemic. So we're actually just ahead of what we received in 2018 in terms of total number of foreign tourists coming into our country. So roughly just less than 3.7 million we've received for the first four months. Basically the same sort of number we received in 2018, and we're sort of 2% ahead of where we were in 2019. So the big picture looks very rosy, but when you dig, when you dig into the detail, it's not so rosy. There's some positives and there's some negatives, and the negatives are what is reflecting on the Santon market in particular. We're going to get into that in a second, but I'd like to chat about that recovery just for a minute. Is that much down to uh, what? Is it is it more airlines flying in? What is the catalyst for getting more people into South Africa? It's actually not due to more airlines flying in. Actually, we are constrained with airlines at air capacity at the moment, as you can imagine with the demise of so many airlines in South Africa, but also globally. Yeah. Um, So we are, and and we're not having SAA servicing our market 
it's, it's actually hindering us in terms of what we could be achieving. So we could be doing a lot better if we had better airlines. So what is actually driving this is, is, is visitors from Africa mm. and not necessarily overseas visitors. So we, so of the sort of the, the, the 3.7 million, we break them up into what we call African visitors or from the rest of Africa, because we obviously also African, but from outside our borders and the rest of Africa and then overseas visitors. And it's African visitors that are actually driving a lot of this demand. And so African visitors are up, I think it is 6% already um, for the first four months of this year. Um, so, and but bear in mind that typically pre-COVID, we were getting 10 and a half million foreign tourists, um, but almost 8 million of those were African visitors and only sort of two and a half million were overseas visitors. So the overseas visitors, so the African visitors are great because it's, 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 it's bulk. Um, but we've got to bear in mind that there's a lot of those guys that are not what we call true tourists. They are cross-border traders um, and they are moving around in our society. They're not necessarily spending money on our five-star hotels. I'm not saying they aren't. We do have a lot of African visitors that do spend in those markets. But those of that 8 million, there's a big chunk of them that are not spending on our typical tourism product, if you want to call it, our hard infrastructure. Mm. So we tend to rely a lot on overseas tourists and because overseas tourists tend to spend more. There's less of them, but they spend more. Basically, the overseas tourism, we are actually 17% behind where we were in 2019. And actually even more, if you want to compare it to 2018, we're actually 20% behind where we were compared to compared to 2018. So these are the big, big spenders. Mm. Um, and this is where we need to sort of drive some more activity and get more tourism in. And this is where the, we are talking about in terms of the flights becomes so important. So how does this play out on Greater Saturn if you take that sort of big picture and then sort of narrow it down into, into the area that we're in? Okay, so, so Santon is actually a bit of a sad story, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so when, when we look at what this, we've got some sort of some major tourism nodes, if you want to call it, in terms of where there's a lot of infrastructure, Santon is one of them. Um, Cape Town Centre is another one. Obviously, it's a big tourism node. Um, we look at we look at um, Durban and Umklunga area as well as a major tourism node, attracting not only leisure tourists, but a big chunk of business tourists mm. around where your ICCs are, your convention centres, the big convention centres obviously attract a lot of, attract these business tourists. And these ICCs become important drivers for occupancies and for usage of, of hotels. Um, but from a Santon perspective, it's definitely lagging behind these other major centers in terms of hotel occupancy, but not only in terms of occupancy, in terms of the actual revenue being achieved in these hotels. So if you look at Santon five-star hotels, we don't have many. We do have Santon five-star, but we do have those five-star hotels in Santon. Mm -hmm. They're actually doing very well when it comes to occupancy. So if we compare them to 2019, they're actually tracking ahead. So for the first four months of this year, the occupancy in Santon five-star hotels was at 64%, yeah. ahead of 62, 62% in 2019. But the real hurt comes in the rate that they're getting. So when we look at the rates that the five-star hotels are actually getting in Santon, and if we back out inflationary growth, actually, Santon is in the five-star hotels in a very bad, bad position. In fact, they're getting less than half the rate that you're getting in, in Cape Town, okay. the average rate. So in, for the first four months of this year, the Santon five-star hotels are getting an average rate of one and a half thousand rand per room compared to a Cape Town hotel of 3,800 rand. 
Leanne, so what do you think it's going to take to get tourism back on track and to get us back into uh, greener numbers as we as we head into the second half of the year? Okay, there's a couple of things that we need. The most important thing that we need is economic activity and economic growth. Um, tourism is very much reliant on your, your the performance of a country. So it's it's economic activity. If you think about it, a large chunk of tourism relies on, you think about from a domestic tourism perspective, uh, which is the backbone of your tourism industry in any country. You have to have domestic tourism as a backbone. Leisure people, people don't travel for leisure purposes if they don't have money in their pockets, mm. um, which means there has to be economic growth and they have to be able to pay their mortgages and pay their essentials first before they can even travel. So we need economic growth for leisure tourists. Economic growth is essential from a, business, a domestic business tourism perspective because without economic growth, businesses cut back on business travel spend. It's one of the first budget lines that get cut. Um, and obviously with online meetings, there's alternatives now. It makes it easier. Mm. So, so that is definitely something that needs to happen. And then without the economic growth, the important driver of the domestic market is actually government business as well, whether it's meetings and events, uh, but also just traveling for various purposes. So, so, we, so, so that's really imperative. Economic growth also is important for foreign tourism because there's a lot of foreign tourists who come here for business purposes and Santon relies on business travel. Um, so if they're on prospects, aren't opportunities for FDI, for investment, for opportunities for businesses to actually invest in South Africa, we're not going to get the business travelers coming into Santon. Well, there you have it, eh? a bit of a gloomy outlook, but hopefully things will take a, a turn in the next couple of months. But uh, Leanne Back, Director of Advisory Services at BDO, I thank you for making the time to give us a quick update and uh, maybe a bit of a, a check as to what is happening in the tourism and uh, travel space in South Africa, but also very much so in Greater Santon. The best of talk and music in one hour. This is the Santon Times Hour. Well, coming up again this year is uh, a well-established uh, event in Santon. Uh, it's Decorex, uh, and this year is a particularly important uh, year for Decorex as it celebrates 30 years of uh, decorating things. For more information on Decorex and decorations and all things uh, stylish and fashionable, I'm uh, joined by Belle Billingham. She's the Executive Creative Director of Decorex. And Belle, uh, it's quite a milestone for you, 30 years, my goodness. It really is. We really... We're quite proud. I mean, as a legacy brand to be in the industry, it's quite hard to stay relevant for 30 years. And we've we've done our homework. We've we about two years ago we we reached deep into our souls and into the industry to find out how we what we needed to do in order to really pivot in order to best serve the industry. And after running first last year's and now our Cape Town show, we really are bursting with pride as to how we've kind of reinvented ourselves and and become more relevant again. Well, it would have almost been uh, your own worst enemy if you hadn't stayed fresh and trendy, considering that the show is all about being fresh and trendy. Uh, but what are you looking yeah. forward to this year? What are some of the highlights that you're looking forward to? Um, gosh, I mean, that's a hard question to ask because there's so many to think. We're, we're really trying to build on you know, all the changes that we made last year. But I think I think when it comes to Santon, we have four halls, each that are dedicated to a specific area. And in each of them, we've created feature points so that live within amongst there are very, very snazzy exhibitors. So we're excited to see what our exhibitors do. They keep on raising the, the game. But I think within it, we've realized that we needed to introduce content to our halls. So we have two content theaters now. 
Um, we launched the Future Talks at our Cape Town show, which was really, really successful. So basically, we're trying to fetch the future. What do we need to do now in order to create the conditions in which we can, you know, that our industry need going forward? So that's four days of free programming, back-to-back -back talks by leading experts in the industry. And then we also, for the very first time, are launching the Archie Talks uh, program. So that's in the Build Hall. And that's learning from pioneering engineers, architects, people in construction, new surfaces, new materials. So, so I think those are really, really exciting. Just to mention too, I don't know where to, I, I can keep them going forever. No, I'm sure. And I mean, we want people to go to the show, so we don't give it all away uh, in, in one shot. For people who uh, are maybe unsure about Decorex, who, who are not quite sure if this might be their thing, they might be a little bit intimidated by the thought of, of colors matchings or stripes and dots going together. Uh, who is the show designed for? Is it is it for everybody or do you have to be a little bit bougie, a little bit uh, uh, upmarket to, to kind of uh, venture into Decorex? Absolutely not. And I'm so glad you asked the question because that's one of our biggest mandates is that we really want to open this up for everyone so that firstly, the design starts serving more than 1% of the population and um, that it becomes relevant and exciting to a lot more people. So it's for everyone. It's for hope. But th there's one caveat, which is quite interesting about our shows. We are both trade and consumer focused. So it is for people wanting to renovate their homes or just um, redecorate their homes, start a, re a build from fresh. So it's for everyone, for consumers. But then it's very important that we have quite a, um, a powerful trade program. So it's our job to present the latest design concepts, uh, innovations, and, and, and to the trade. Um, so it's also from a networking point of view, from a peer point of view, as a stimulus to the design industry, we also there. So there's the bougie component, I have to admit, um, but we're working on really making it relevant to everyone. All right. So go along, but try and see if you can wear something chic and smart so you fit into the, yeah. the look and feel. <laughs> now tell me, for the 30th anniversary, are there any plans to mark this, uh, this, this milestone? Yes, we have a um, uh, industry opening event on the first night of our show. At the same time, it's it's been very interesting for us evaluating, looking back on the last thirty years, um, to see what our key learnings are. And and we've put most most of our um, time and celebration we're putting into the next thirty years. So there's this big party on the first years, but it's also really been spending looking at like the next thirty years, which are even more important than the last 30 years. But yeah, the show is bigger, but bigger and better than before. That's where a lot of our focus has been. Incredible. And uh, how do people get to come to the show? I mean, do you have to buy tickets? Uh, is, there, is there sort of a very sort of uh, rigorous process to get into Decorex? Not at all. It's easy, easy, easy. You can buy already. So you can buy on our tickets now. The tickets are available. And then, or you can buy at the door. Based on our turnout at Cape Town, we are a bit nervous. We're expecting the crowds at Decorex this year. So we are encouraging everyone to ideally use Uber or public transport. I, I think the big call is off or, or jump in a car with a friend. Don't everyone arrive in your own car because there is going to be a parking problem. Yeah, absolutely. And the center of Santon can only handle so much. And you'll also sell, save yourself a couple of rons paying for your uh, parking. So it's probably a good thing to uh, be smart and make a plan. Uh, Bill Billingham, uh, Executive Creative Director of Decorex, sharing some information on the 30th anniversary of Decorex, happening from the 3rd to the 6th of August 2023 at the Santon Convention Center. More of the information up on the santantimes.ca. So make sure you pop on there to get uh, all the details and also where you can get your tickets, etc., etc. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to have some music and then more of the hour right after this. 
from Greater Santon to the rest of the world. This is the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on uh, Mix 93.8 and on all leading podcast platforms, including Afripods and Amazon Music as of this week. So that was Rody and Dance Fruit Music with just the two of us, taking us into the last 100 meter dash of the Santon Times Hour this week. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a really interesting conversation because uh, this is probably the, the longest cocktail I've ever waited for. But here he is. His name's Julian Short. He's the multi-award winning mixologist and co-owner of Syntax Bar. And he's been spending the week competing against some of the best cocktail uh, mixologists, bartenders in South Africa to take the Diageo World Class uh, title. And that's exactly what he did. And he's on the line with me on the Santa Times Hour. Julian, good to chat to you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that intro. Goosebumps. Eh? Sure. <laughs> uh, Julian, how are you feeling? How, what does it feel like taking home a title like this? Not the first time, I believe, that you have taken it. Yeah, this is the second time. I won previously in 2017. It feels amazing. I'm very grateful. I think if I've learned anything, it's that uh, the hard work begins now because, you know, the next part of this, the next leg of this challenge is uh, heading over to um, Brazil, uh, Sao Paulo in September. And, um, yeah, whatever I'm doing is obviously working, so I'm just going to keep leaning into my own uh, energy and just, yeah, I'm feeling really good about it. Well, let's quickly recap the last week because obviously everyone listening has not been part of your journey. So you've been part of a series of events that Diageo has hosted where you've been put to the test in terms of putting cocktails together. And it's not just like, you know, a shot of gin and tonic and a bit of a twig of basil leaf and, and whatever else. This is hardcore stuff. I mean, some of it was sort of master chef level where you had to make up a cocktail uh, within a certain time and a certain budget. Another one was sort of a speed test. Some of it was a bit of a blind tasting. Just take us through that. What I love about this competition in particular is um, it really pushes you as a bartender. You know, as, as a bartender, kind of like in, in 2023, you have to be very many things, you know, including, you know, um, obviously spirits, uh, knowledge and obviously cocktails, but also like, like you said, like a little bit of a chef, you got to understand it, how to work with ingredients. So this whole journey started where we had a speed, speed round. So you had to design eight classic original cocktail, eight original cocktails. Um, each bartender had to do that. And you had six minutes to make eight cocktails and present two of them to each to um, the four judges. And it was, uh, it's, you know, it's nail biting stuff. Like, it sounds, you know, like the drinks that I was making, you know, rhubarb and ginger. I used, I, I made a drink called the toasted cheese, which is like a tomato, lemon verbena, sour nachi, and parmesan air. So sure. picture that in a cocktail <laughs> with um with the smoky tea, uh, smoky whiskey. So like those those are the kind of drinks we're making, you know. Um, again, it sounds that's very prep heavy. I think being a bartender these days. You know, um, a lot of it comes down to mise en place. It's like being a chef. You know what I mean? When you go to a restaurant, they don't start, they start cooking in the morning, you know, um, depending on the quality, obviously, of of establishment. They they start cooking in the morning. You know, they've been marinating and just doing all the prep all day. And a lot of that is what bartending is about these days, you know. So the assembly is obviously still tricky. So that was the, the first round is a speed round, really puts all the bartenders to the test. We kind of always have like a saying, it really separates the bar the bartenders, you know, that because again, you can be a really good bartender, you know, on Instagram or somewhere like that. But it really takes um, a bartender who works behind, we call it behind the stick, you know, someone who works in a bar quite often to be quite dexterous and to be able to multitask like that. So I really enjoy that challenge always actually really look forward to it because, you know, it, does, it really does put you to the test. Um, so that was challenge number one. Then challenge number two is spirit identification. You know, they put uh, three vodkas in front of you in tasting glasses and they say, okay, which one of these is 
our premium reserve spirit. So in that mm. case, it was Ciroc. Which one's Ciroc? You know, and you have to just by using kind of what you've been, what you've learned, learned as a bartender, you know, um, mouthfeel, aroma, those kinds of things, how to identify the different spirits. So always a challenge. And I actually, I always love doing that as well. And that was just one of them. There was like a whole morning, like five hours of tasting and testing and like spirit identification. So really, really interesting. Sure. And then that evening was the Johnny Walker challenge. So that was two challenges. Number three was a Johnny Walker challenge. And it was basically teaming up with a, an influencer kind of working towards like a, a modern serve, a group serve for Johnny Walker, you know, it was really, really fun, really challenging. I dug deep and uh, had a really amazing influencer. Her name's Atabile. She was fantastic, uh, super inspirational. And we came up with something really, really good. And that's just the first two days. So, <laughs> so, so you had an infused influencer. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then on top of everything else, you also have to be a bit of a showman as a bartender as well. I mean, it's no longer just a matter of just sort of listening to people's problems and telling them a joke and pouring them a drink. I mean, now you also have to do flaring and uh, and all kinds of other things. I think, you know, when it comes down to bartending, for me anyways, you know, it, it really does become escapism. I think that's what it's always been. You know, like we live beautiful, busy, intricate lives. And the beauty of going to a bar or a really nice any place is just to kind of escape your world a little bit, whether you're drinking booze or non-alcoholic, whatever. Like you come to the bar and being a bartender is more than, like you said, just all of that. But it's it's being able to listen to people and able to present where you're coming from, especially on a stage setting. You know, yeah. I have this inspiration. I have, you know, like, for example, that drink called the toasted cheese, for example. It's a drink that I it's inspired by, you know, being in high school, you know what I mean? Like the one thing you pushed to the front of the line to get was a toasted cheese. That was first break sorted. And I love that sense of nostalgia. And I was like, how can I bring that sense of nostalgia back into a cocktail? You know? So it's like dissecting that cocktail and going, okay, what are the different elements? Obviously there's a cheese element. How are you going to incorporate cheese into a cocktail? You know? So I thought like a foam would be nice and approachable. It's not too in your face and it's nice and artsy and interesting and modern. And then like tomato. Okay, cool. How can I work with tomato? Then you look at the ingredients yourself. So to be able to present that on stage and tell people where you're coming from and then for it to be delicious in a drink, that's kind of what it is at the moment you know julian i mean before i before i let her go because i think we, we've got more to talk about than we've got time but listen what does it mean to win this title as as a bartender as a mixologist what does it do for your career i mean it's it's huge it really is big uh, world class is the biggest one of the biggest if not the biggest global competition you know i'm doing it for different reasons back in 2017 i wanted to win it just because i wanted the win now i'm trying to prove something to myself you know it's bigger now and um you know, I really want to go over to Sao Paulo and make a mark, not just for me, but for South Africa, you know, on a global stage. So I've got my sights set on that and I'm going to do the best that I can do. And I'm, I'm feeling really confident in my, my skills and where I am as a bartender, you know, and as a human. And I think I'm better, better ready now than I've ever been. So, <laughs> Well, Julian Shaw, cheers to that. And uh, yeah, a multi-award winning mixologist now, also Diageo World Class uh, bartender for this year and also uh, a second time round winner. I thank you for making the time to be on the Santon Times Hour. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it, yeah. And that's it for another Santon Times Hour on Mix93.8 and as always available on all leading podcast platforms. And like I said, now on Amazon Music and AfriPods. If you want to get in touch, you can email editor at santontimes.co.za. You can connect on social media at Santon Times and visit the website www.santontimes.co.za for all uh, the information that we chatted about this week and a whole bunch of other news and content. 
Feel free to send through your questions, your comments, your feedback, or uh, your inputs. They're always welcome. And thank you to all my guests who made time to be on the show this week. And as always, Vincenzo, well, <laughs> we got through this week, hopefully without any mistakes. And let's catch it up again next week when we do it all again. And thank you to the Santa Times team as well as everyone at Mix 93.8. And of course, you, our loyal listeners, who make time to listen every single week. Let's connect again next week. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Santon Times Hour. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to share it. 